And now, with Sound Investing, here's Paul Merriman. I spoke with Asia Griffin, uh, our Director of Marketing, about this week's podcast. And Asia said, look, let's, let's just keep it light. This is going to go out uh, either on Christmas Day or the day after. And, and uh, this is maybe just a time to thank people for having been here over the last year, whether it's with our podcasts, our articles, our videos, whatever it might be, uh, to just say a big thank you. And I was on my way to do that. Genuinely, I was, partly because we are very busy at this time of the year, not with financial education, but uh, just all the family things that go on over the holiday season. But I got up early this morning and I read a couple of articles and I understood something I didn't really understand before. I mean, I I knew this happened, but I didn't exactly know how formal this way of conning us, conning us, I'm saying, uh, is uh, in in our uh, industry, particularly having to do with the internet. And and as I thought about it, um, and I put it together, the big con, along with a traditional con, the kind where people pretend to be your friend and then they do dastardly things to you, uh, probably driven by greed or driven by whatever it causes crooked people to do crooked things. And so I decided much like I used to do outrages of the week when I was on the radio with Tom Cock and, and Don McDonald. Uh, we were on a local station, and every week I would do an outrage of the week. Well, it was only for two or three minutes, but it was something that really fried me, something I thought was an example of how we individual investors get uh, raped and pillaged of our hard-earned money. And I felt as I saw these couple of articles come over my uh, my computer t- today that I would weave together what I discovered is one of the most important reasons that people should invest in index funds. And I was actually surprised to see when I looked up my old article, an article written in 2014 entitled 30 Reasons to Fall in Love with Index Funds. Now, I've reread this and I realized that maybe there's only really 26 different reasons, but it's a long list. And for whatever reason, and I, I don't think this was planned the way I would feel like it could be planned today. But for whatever reason, I made the number one reason to fall in love with index funds something that is not what we usually think of when we think of a reason to invest in an index fund. So listen up and see if you can um, can agree with me at least for a few minutes here that this reason to invest in index funds over actively managed funds over almost any other kind of equity fund that that, that Wall Street might offer. Why this is probably uh, the, the best thing to do. But before I give you this, number one, I want to briefly, I'm not going to read all 30, but they're all very short. 
And uh, let's just start with that foundation. Why the index fund? Quickly here. Your long-term results are likely to put you, put you ahead of 90% of other investors. You'll never again have to decide whether to hire or fire a manager. You don't have to monitor mutual fund managers' performance. You don't have to fall in and out of love with any individual stocks. And what's going on inside the fund is simple and transparent. And your expenses will be among the lowest of all funds, leaving more of the portfolio returned for you. Your capital gains taxes will likely be lower, leaving more for you. Index funds are boring, which is actually good because historically the best investments have been those that people can set and forget. Index funds have lower turnover, uh, buying and selling, and then paying those uh, invisible expenses of commissions and spreads. And that not only lowers the expenses, but it lowers your taxes. Index funds are available in virtually every asset class, letting you put your money right where you want it. Index funds are relatively easy to choose, and as an index fund, investor from everything that we know about what it takes to get people to stay the course for the long term, it appears that people are less likely to jump in and out of their investments when they're in index funds. And in an index fund, all of your money works for you. It keeps working for you. A lot of mutual funds may have 10% or more in cash not working. Index funds keep it all working. And index funds are managed with strict regulations, minimizing the risk that investors will be scammed. And then the last one I'll mention here is, it's an old Wall Street adage, says that you don't invest in something you don't understand. And index funds are among the easiest of all investments to understand. And we will have a link to this old article from 2014, 30 Reasons to Fall in Love with Index Funds, so you can read it or share it with others. But now, let's start to focus in on one that, in the end, for many people, may be the most important advantage of the index fund. And what I said in that article way back then, number one, you won't ever again have to deal with a pushy salesman, a commission-based broker, or a crook. Now, let me be clear. Just because you invest in an index fund doesn't mean that you might not get entangled with a crook because, you know, these folks are very clever. They figure out many ways to uh, use and abuse investors, and it's not impossible that that could happen with an index fund, but it is very, very unlikely. What got my attention today in terms of being taken advantage of by somebody who is just purely unethical and 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 not acting in your best interest is is a story that that comes out of financial planning magazine uh it's a publication that unless you're in the industry you're not likely to see but the headline reads 
advisor who touts his holiday giving faces SEC fraud charges. And here's uh, what the story they tell uh, in this particular article by Ann Marsh uh, at the Financial Planning Magazine. In quotes, Springer Turkey Challenge feeds over 25,000. Advisor Keith Springer says in a blog posted on his website celebrating the 20th anniversary of his fundraising effort for which he thanks his clients for their generous donations. The SEC offers a different picture of Springer's relationship to clients in a complaint dated the same day as this post. Springer defrauded clients who were retirees and near-retirees, most of whom were unsophisticated and over 55, since at least January 14th, and he got in trouble by failing to disclose millions of dollars of compensation he received for putting them into high-cost annuities and other investments the commission says in a complaint. Springer 55 runs Springer Financial Advisors, which he promotes through his Smart Money with Keith Springer radio show under the tagline, Invest for Need, Not for Greed. And it has, uh, is, uh, the radio show is hosted in the greater Sacramento, California area. It goes on, from January 2014 through April 2019, the firm in Perens received at least $6 million in annuity commissions and bonus payments from the sale of annuities to its advisory clients, the commission says in its action. Neither Springer nor SFA disclosed this to their advisory clients. Springer and his firm also received additional undisclosed benefits for the sale of annuities from an insurance marketing organization. The complaint continues. For example, firm employees received, among other things, free sales and operation support, free marketing services, paid incentive trips, and tickets to concerts and sporting events. The benefits were were, were tiered such that the more annuities that they sold, the more benefits they received. And it was in the next paragraph that I learned something I probably knew intuitive, but I wasn't aware of kind of uh, at, at the level of realizing how dastardly misleading people could be if they wished to. Here's what they say. Separately, Springer paid tens of thousands of dollars to multiple search engine suppression consultants, the SEC said. These specialists remove or suppress unwanted Google search results so damaging news is not found easily. In Springer's case, consultants helped him conceal the past regulatory record, the SEC says. Springer convinced his clients to sell investments in their existing retirement accounts to fund annuities or to sell existing annuities and pay the associated surrender fees. To pay to sell the existing annuities to fund new annuities, the commission says. 
the advisor and his firm failed to disclose to clients that they had compensation arrangements that provided them with far more money and other benefits for directing clients into annuities that they would have received had they recommended other investments. They also failed to disclose conflicts of interest involving a third-party asset manager for advisory services and the placement of clients into portfolios run by that outside manager. Springer's website shows multiple photos of him handing checks to smiling leaders of local nonprofits. If we all gave back to the community... Just a little bit, Springer writes, our society would be a much better place to live. I suspect there are a lot of lessons in this particular case. One is here you have a person who's doing so much good in the community. And uh, obviously, as so many do when they do good in the community, they, they like to tell people about that. But it does create it does create a a sense of trust when uh, you can see somebody whose picture is in the paper and 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 who talks about about uh, investing for need not for greed i mean the, there's a whole sense of of uh, personality it's a cult of personality that's that's what the problem is and and people fall for that and of course then on top of that you 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 layer on the fact that the uh, that the investors were inexperienced that they didn't understand how investing worked in their best interest boy is this a reason to focus on financial literacy in high school and college and make sure that uh, people understand this process and not let people uh, get involved with people who are selling products that are in their interest. I mean, interest of the salesperson, get, getting those free trips, getting those huge paydays, uh, getting all of the ill-gotten gains that the commission talks about. If... We just invested in index funds. I don't think we're going to get a phone call uh, from uh, the company, but Vanguard, for example. I mean, could you imagine Vanguard recommending the kinds of products that, uh, not just the products, but recommending people sell things that uh, just in order to create an opportunity to, uh, to get a commission and it's just the opposite. I have known people who have tried to go to Vanguard and get out of an investment to get into one of theirs, and they've said, no, I'm not sure that's in your best interest. And and they tell the people that it may actually be in their better interest to stay the course in the product that they're in. That's the kind of advice. That's the kind of firm we want to deal with. But if we stick strictly with index funds, the odds are we're going to end up in a firm that is more like Vanguard or Fidelity and less like Springer. The other part that got my attention was that Springer purchased the services of, quote, multiple search engine suppression consultants, end quote, and I didn't realize what a big industry that is. Now, 
We would know that PR firms, we've seen this in movies, we've seen this on TV, that that companies hire these high-priced uh, firms when they have catastrophic events. They need public relations management control when things aren't going the way that they think that corporation should be presented to the public. But I didn't think in terms of, let's call them PR firms uh, that specialize in this search engine um, uh, management, I guess it would be, of dealing with negative information. So I decided to do a little research, and I looked at the advertisements. Suppress negative search results. Here's one. Free reputation consultant. Call today. Suppress negative results. Success for over 10 years. Repair your reputation. Bury negative content. Remove negative content. Awarded patents. They have 20 awarded patents, this particular firm does. Another, the headline is, don't bury it, delete it fast. Pay after complete removal. In other words, these people, you hire them, they go in and they strip out all of those uh, uh, negative statements and, and, and they don't bill until they have uh, proven that they can, in fact, remove it all. Here's another one. Permanently remove articles, blogs, reviews, legal links, etc., Experienced team, pay only for results, pay after removal, 100% guaranteed removal, legal link removal, remove bad press, don't hide it, delete it, is the company motto. But, you know, most of us, when we do a search, we do a, a, a search because we're looking to find out if there's anything bad that we should know about a particular product or about a particular firm. Um, it certainly would not be unusual when you're looking outside of your local area to 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 want to find out what people are saying about them. And I never I never thought that there was somebody there trying to eliminate all of those things that might discourage me from from going to that particular advisor. Now there is there is one particular advisor that I I just don't respect the firm. They're a huge investment advisory firm, and I hear all sorts of negative things uh, about this firm from people who have used them. Now, I don't mean to suggest that they don't do some good work for some people, but but I know in the old days, going back a number of years that when I did a search on this firm, the bad news just rolled out and it just kept, I mean, there was, there was stuff to read for hours there. So I thought, oh, I wonder if they've hired one of these people who suppressed the bad news. So I did the same kind of search that I would have done in the old days. I asked for the pros and the cons of this particular company I'm referring to. And I got some of that kind of information that appeared to me like it could very likely be a firm that specializes in this negative uh, suppression. And so what I got was an article written, beautifully written, uh, by a somebody. I don't even know that they said uh, who this person wrote for, but it certainly was headlined to be about the pros and the cons of uh, this particular company. 
And it went, first it went through the prose. And oh my God, the prose, one thing after another, wonderful, wonderful, an amazing firm and everything first class. But then I knew this was going to be a balanced article. Remember, it was about the pros and cons. And I got to the cons. And yes, there were a handful, but they were cons that were that were just not meaningful. It, it didn't smack of the kinds of things that I knew that this firm had done to people over the years. And so the kinds of complaints they talked about were some phone calls that were not returned or some, some uh, meeting times that got confused and that, oh, that some people com- complained because their fees were too high. Uh, and then they went on to say, these are typical fees that you see in the industry. But at the end of this particular pros and cons article, They say that they found this firm to be an extremely credible firm and well-respected in their industry. They say that, I do recognize that some people have an issue with the cost of using their services, and they go on to talk about the fact that they had had some customer service problems. But we think, well, who has them? Vanguard has customer service problems. But they, but they go on to say that, that uh, this is a firm that is made up of highly, highly res- uh, respected people uh, from the industry. So I'm going to guess, I am going to guess that this person is a paid uh, negative news suppressor. And I did some more digging and found out, yes, by golly, that's the business they're in. Now, I don't know who would have paid them to do this if, in fact, it was a for-pay relationship, but I'm just guessing it was the firm that had the negative information problem, which means that, uh, that, that, that I'm not getting legitimate, unbiased information. In fact, I'm not really, uh, I don't really know how knowledgeable this person is about the company if basically what they did was work with the PR division of the company in order to paint this picture of uh, what a what a what a beautiful relationship you're going to have with this firm so there's no question there's a downside going to the internet to try to determine whether the ideas that these people are proposing to put into your portfolio uh, are the right thing to do. And by the way, they may be legitimate investment advisors. Their strategy may work out to be the best possible strategy you could possibly have. But the question is, remember in that earlier podcast I did about dealing with people who are ethical and competent Ethical and competent. Ethical. Ethical. There's no question these people know how to manage money, and it will be the market that will make the clients money, and maybe they'll be in the right part of the, of the market. They won't be in the right part of the market. That's true of every investment advisor in the industry. But if they are having to, to, to hire somebody to suppress information, it seems to me they don't qualify, at least in my book, to have high points for ethics. 
Again, what I'm trying to protect you against are the people who might get you in trouble. And they tend to be the people who have uh, big commission uh, uh, benefits or or free trips to warm weather in the in, in the winter benefits and sometimes and sometimes the benefit is there's a piece of the pie that people don't even know is being split by the people that they are involved with and trusting. Again, I think that if you are dealing purely with index funds at Vanguard, at at, at BlackRock, at at at, Van, at at Fidelity, that you're not likely to to have all these other parties in the mix. Right now, you can go buy uh, index funds at Fidelity with no minimum and no expense, no management expense. Where is the room for a crook in that? Where is there a room? If you put $3,000 into a Vanguard S&P 500 uh, index fund and it gets four one-hundredths of 1% fee, where is there a room for a crook in that fee? And I want to share one more story. Thanks to one of our readers or listeners, uh, they sent me a copy of an article entitled, Teachers pay high fees for retirement funds. Unions are partly to blame. Now, the one reason I got all excited when I saw this, this headline is because a lot of my work in 2020 and beyond is going to be working with teachers, not only to teach them to be better investors, but to, to be better teachers to, to their young folks. Uh, uh, I just I, I just taught uh, two classes at Juanita High School here uh, outside of uh, outside of Seattle, and um, uh, and the the teacher I had a chance to talk with her. Boy, she understands how successful investing works, and she's teaching these kids about index funds and about target date funds and about uh, uh, not accumulating big debt and all the things that that we that we want uh, to uh, teach our young people in the hopes that uh, they're going to get the return that they need to get in order to get where they're likely wanting to go. And yet teachers are used and abused. Now, you may have heard about this. This has been around for some time. But this particular uh, article came out December eighteenth, two 2019, by uh, Ann Turgeson and Gretchen Morganson. They've been around writing about financial topics for a long time. And in this article, uh, the story goes, Liz Cannon, who heads the Indian River chapter of the Florida Education Association, urged union members to buy retirement investments from Valak Financial Advisors through a firm owned by the union by the teachers' union. That way, quote, we also make money, end quote, she said in a November 2017 newsletter. But what she didn't mention was that investments from Valak, a unit of a giant insurance company 
American International Group can carry high costs that may translate to a smaller nest egg when teachers retire. The setup is one of an array, and I'm quoting here from the article, the setup is one of an array of similar deals in which unions and other groups get income from endorsements of investment products and services, often at the expense of teachers and other municipal employees. The ties help explain why many local government workers continue to pay relatively high retirement plan costs, while fees in corporate-based retirement plans are often lower and have been falling for years. At issue are 403B retirement savings plans for teachers and the 457 plans for government workers. These are variations on the 401k plans that many companies offer. About $900 billion was held in 403B plans for public school teachers and 457 plans at the end of June, according to the Investment Company Institute a Mutual Fund Trade Group. Then it says, Valak's portfolio director, an annuity that is popular in teachers' retirement plans, charges fees of up to 2.3% of assets annually. Are you starting to get the idea of why this just upsets me more than a little bit? As one investment advisor said, the union should be advocating on behalf of members, not selling products to them. The Security and Exchange Commission is investigating sales and disclosure practices at Valak, including its dealings with school districts and retirement plan participants at schools, the journal has reported. In another part of the article, uh, it notes that uh, uh, teachers in 403B plans, uh, that annuities account for more than half of invested assets. Annuities sold largely by insurance companies typically offer a pension-like lifetime income, but they can entail annual fees as high as 3% of invested assets. And in another part of the article, they talk about mutual funds, traditional mutual funds that carry fees of up to 2.19% a year and that investors in these have a choice of paying an upfront 5.5% commission or a 1% annual fee, according to the uh, published material. And here, and this is a long article, by the way, and, and here's a paragraph that is, is, is I'm sure, going to fry a lot of you like it fried me. Uh, a man who sued a teacher who sued in the state of California uh, because they were challenging. He was challenging the National Educational Association subsidiaries that deal with these investment providers. But he lost his lawsuit challenging the NEA subsidiaries deal because a federal appeals court said that the union and its subsidiary did not have a fiduciary obligation to make sure that fees on retirement plan products were reasonable. Generally, public school teachers' 403B plans 
are exempt from federal pension law requiring 401k plan sponsors to act in the participant's best interest. What do you think the possibility is that insurance companies pay just a little bit to lobbyists to get that particular uh, exemption on the books? And I have said over and over, if we can get a hold of investors relatively early, not in the very first days, but relatively early in their career, that if we can find anywhere an extra half of 1%, that that can translate into over a million dollars that they would have at the end of a 40-year investment period of uh, $5,000 a year, and then to live off of that money for three years in retirement, that between excess uh, uh, distributions and excess money going to heirs, that a half a percent can, in fact, uh, equate to an extra more than $1 million. And so here we're talking about, in many cases, not all, in many cases, we're talking about as much as 2%, maybe maybe more, but certainly an extra 1%. In other words, th- these teachers not taking the time to get the education that allows them to buy the index funds or to buy other low-cost, actively managed funds, if that's what they believe in, that they are leaving millions of dollars on the table. Uh, I'm working on a, Rich Buck and I are working on a, a, a new book about these $12 million investment decisions. And you may think this half a percent is, 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 is not a big deal. But what about these young people in their 30s who are refusing to put any money into equities because equities are risky? And guess what kind of products many of them are going into? High-cost insurance products. Now, if we look at the history of bonds, which are probably going to give the same or or higher returns than the insurance products. We find there's at least a 5% a year difference between the average bond return or the compound bond return and the compound rate of return of lower risk equity portfolios. 5% difference. That's 10 one-half percents. That is a big deal, and in fact, it's many million dollars if you spend all of your life putting money into so-called no-risk investments versus putting your money into the, uh, into the S&P 500. And, uh, and, and, and that's the way that happens. In fact, uh, I just did a study that would be, would be over $10 million dollars uh, in a kind of a normal situation, given that somebody goes through a career where they start with X amount of money, and then as they're 35, they have more to put away, and then 45, more to put away. But there's over $10 million advantage because of that extra 5%. 10 times one half percent. 5% is huge. And if these teachers can't get that, 
You know, how would we expect folks that don't devote their life to learning and teaching to get it? And the one way that we can help them get it is keep them focused on putting their money into index funds for the long term and all those benefits of low expenses and massive diversification and 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 low low the turnover inside of the fund all those things accrue to you the investor not to wall street there is so much that is just pure emotion about the decision making process as eric klump founder of Chessy Advisors, LLC, says uh, in, in this uh, article, uh, trading on the union's name uh, and hiring teachers is brilliant marketing, uh, said Eric, uh, who's a financial advisory uh, advisor in Rochester Hills, Michigan. If the sales agent is a fellow teacher, you see in the halls. It's harder to call that person and say, I don't want to do business with you anymore. And boy, do the insurance companies know that. Uh, in fact, all of Wall Street knows that. Without a friendly face, a big smile, uh, and, uh, and an optimistic outlook, uh, if we didn't have those sitting in front of you, eyeball to eyeball, saying to you in one way or another, trust me, I'll do what's in your best interest. You need to learn to do what's in your best interest. And it is so unbelievably simple. Index funds at suppliers or vendors or managers who are charging less than one-tenth of 1% 1 for the S&P 500, a little more in more specialized or, or more risky asset classes. You just got to squeeze every opportunity for somebody to screw you. Remember that book that, that, that I, I wrote, Get Smarter, Get Screwed, How to Select the Best and, and Get the Most Out of Your Investment Advisor? It is the same way with the investments you make yourself when you are the investment advisor. Get smart or get screwed. Get smart or get screw or screw yourself. Either way, there's a huge payoff for you getting smart and make sure you're dealing with an advisor who is truly working in your best interest. Well, I guess that was a little more than a than a goodwill, happy holidays, happy new year. Uh, I'm sorry, I woke up early and I couldn't help myself. So uh, I, I hope for those of you who know somebody who might need a little bit, bit of uh, a passion, a little a bit of motivation to uh, move in a in a better direction. I hope you'll share this, uh, or just send them to our website and they can. They can uh, listen to something where there's a little uh, less ranting and raving. But uh, thanks for listening to my ranting and raving. I wish you all the best. And yes, happy holidays and happy new year. And by the way, 
a genuine, a deeply emotional uh, thank you uh, for those of you who have uh, uh, referred people to us over the this last year, and to those who have sat down and have written checks or through their donor advised fund sent checks uh, to our foundation. Um, I, 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 I promise it will not go to see Seahawks games or trips uh, to, uh, uh, to a warm climate in the winter. It will all be put to work to try to help uh, people young and old become better investors. All the best. That was Paul Merriman with Sound Investing. Sound Investing, soundinvesting.com, and paulmerriman.com are produced and exclusively owned by Paul Merriman, who is solely responsible for their content. For more information, free articles, mutual fund recommendations, and more, visit paulmerriman.com.